Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Talking About the Big Stuff podcast with Michael Cole and Matthew Cravat. I am Michael Cole. And I am Matthew Cravat. It's fucked up. So. I followed you. You are a follower. I am. World Series you. champions. I'm not proud of those. It's an old one, obviously. 98. And they kids were young. There's a point where Jacob and Joseph won. Jacob and Joseph, there's a point when they didn't know that you could well no, they beat the Mets in like two thousand the subway series. Oh. Uh, it's like when Jacob and Joseph were little they thought that's just what happened at the end of the baseball season the Yankees go to the World Series. That's just what happens. Yeah. They um we have our neighbors from Pittsburgh and they're all uh Pirates fans except one of the sons just like Derek Jeter, and, you know, like at like seven or eight years old, he was a Yankee fan, and, and the Yankees were in the World Series, and he came over here to watch it every day because his parents, his father was rooting against the Yankees, and then the Yankees won, so we bought him a World Championship T-shirt. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we uh, no, it's two thousand nine. It looks like was the last time. Which is yeah, that fine. probably would have been the time that he came over and watched because they, they they would have been always Yankees. There was a little while where. There was a picture of a little boy with a Yankees jersey on crying, and and it said, uh, this little boy has never had the Yankees win the World Series in his lifetime, but the Red Sox <laughs> have won in his lifetime. So. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm sporting it's a, the... It's a little bit of a cell phone, because it's acknowledging that for 100 years it was everyone else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway. That, that the the Cubs not winning for a hundred years, whatever, was uh part of my my favorite game show moments. Have you ever seen the Hollywood Squares clip where Gilbert Gottfried was the last square? So this guy and this girl playing. There it was, was the late nineties version, four. not the seventies version. Yeah, yeah, late nineties version because Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah, I used to watch one. it all the time, so I may have. Seen yeah, so so yeah, so he was the last square left, and so it's like oh, because it's you know four four, no one can get the win, but five squares win. You know, so Gilbert Godfrey for the win. And he gives a bullshit sounding answer. And the guy's like, uh, I disagree. And he yells, you fool. Um, oh, which I earlier in the show, he had said, and it's like, they go back, they do the full half hour show. They only play the one first game because none of them can get a right answer. And clearly they run out of, you know, they, they pre-screen the answers because you know, everyone has a joke ready for every answer. But they run out of pre-screen things because he's making just like dumb jokes, like anything he could think of off the like they're not off the top of his head, and then they keep getting it wrong. And like, um, Penn and Teller were next to him, and they're yelling "you fool" at the same time. Like they all know the right answer. They're all yelling at. That was so funny. It's a full half hour before somebody wins. Lee and I watch it every once in a while just to cry laughing. Nice. And, uh, you fool. Okay. I'm wearing the chocolate diamond merch. Um... They look so good against your nipples. They, um, I don't know if you can see in this light, but I got pointy nips. Um, we did talk, somebody at work a couple weeks ago was like, have you guys seen Kim Kardashian's new bras that have the built-in nipples? And, uh, and I was, and I, and I did like this and, and the person was like, you're the reason I thought of it. I'm like, because oh, <laughs> I have always have hard nipples. I just have uh, tiny little pointy nipples. Because you um, grew up with Joel Schumacher's version of Batman with the I did. nipple armor. Even in rubber, I have nipples poking through. <laughs> um, 
I, uh, a friend taught me this with his wife, so I used to do it to Madhavi all the time when we worked um, near each other and we'd go out for lunch. If I was dropping her off and I went to kiss her goodbye, I'd rub her breast real fast and go, ah, you go into the office with hard nipples. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm wearing this because I it was on the top of the drawer. I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll wear, because my other one was my work shirt and I don't want to wear that. So I was like, I'll wear this. But um, I these are available to be purchased. However, um, I really don't love the quality of the, the shirt itself. So... I'm not promoting promoting it. This is the hard find, sell. So we find if you really want an, if you want an uncomfortable shirt. Eh, it's not that it's one. uncomfortable. It's that it, uncomfortable it, shirts for uncomfortable topics. It's stain. It's it's it just doesn't like seem to stay. It doesn't look clean no matter what I do. So it looks anyway. like it's a chocolate diamond. Yeah. Anyway, the point being, yeah. uh, eventually we will find a better merch. Eventually, merch so you store. know how chocolate diamonds are called chocolate diamonds because they have that slight tint of not being perfectly white. That's what our shirts are. This is, this look is intentional. This is the chocolate diamond shade. You, I've, if I, I've, I'm sure I've told you why we're called chocolate diamond. Because you're under pressure. Well, that's the coal that's under the, pressure. That's the diamond. That's the diamond. Know. And I'm not saying the other part. I'm not going to um, cancel prison. And Adam and I, when we first became friends, were big fans of of Scrubs, and I would call him Chocolate Bear, just like JD called Turk on that show. So, so anyway, that's that. We have already... And I'm a Jew, so I own all media, hence chocolate time. <laughs> so anyway. We had a very Jewish evening before we jump into our topic. My daughter had a date with a nice Jewish boy, a, a grad student from UNC. It was a very nice, charming. He came to spend the afternoon with her, stayed for dinner, and we had Jewish food, Chinese. Nice. <laughs> is, uh, is he religiously Jewish or culturally Jewish? Um... 90% culturally, a little bit of like he wouldn't say he's an atheist, I don't think, yeah. but he does say it's mostly you know, cultural. Yeah, that's cool. You guys like him, it sounds like that's a good thing, too. We've met, we've met him a couple of times, they've done um activism stuff together. Like, he, he is like the lead person at UNC um, Chapel Hill for anti gun violence stuff. So, they got kicked out of the Capitol building together when they were protesting, they served on a panel together with one of our congressmen on community um, round, uh, town hall meeting on gun violence. They both on their panel. So nice. yeah, yes, we met him a couple times. So they've been friends for a while. And then he was like, hey, you know, my parents are coming here for Thanksgiving, so I'm not leaving, but I'm, I don't have class. Want to get together? She was like, sure. So eh, don't know if there'll be any sparks, but they had a lovely time hanging out together. And he was fun. We liked Good. him. Good. Logan's a UNC fan now because uh, we took him to the soccer game, the men's uh, mm. ACC championship a couple weeks ago, a week and a half ago. So he's a fan. Nice. All right. Tonight's topic is religious art. Um, oh, God. Oh, sorry. I was getting in the mood. Yeah. Um, no, I, I just, I every once in a while, and I've had it on the list of topics for a long time, but every once in a while something will come on. And I'll be like, ooh, I like this. I forgot I like this song. Or I forgot about the song. I like the song. It's it's almost always music. But, I mean, obviously, like, the there's some very, you know, when you look at the old school religious artwork, like uh, Michelangelo's and stuff, there's there's a lot. Of... The Obi-Wan Kenobi Jesus. I love that one. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, I like the um, the Charles Manson Jesus a lot, too. Uh, no, the, but, like, the, the Sistine Chapel uh, is gorgeous. Um you know, and a little bit, a little bit, uh, what do you call it? Um, sub subversive. So that, that's kind of cool too. 
it's little bits and pieces of, of of that in there. And what's funny is that people are more conservative now, religious people, than they were then. So things like nude Adam and like barely nude, almost nude God, like it's offensive to people now what the Pope commissioned then. <laughs> right. Yeah. But um. So yeah, and I when when I texted you about the topic, uh, your your response was, I don't think there's anything. So this might be an all me. Uh, nah, there's plenty that, that I like. There's just nothing I can list by name. I mean, I can tell you, like like Sistine Chapel is beautiful. I have a fun story. When I went to um, one of my trips to Lyon, France, in old Lyon, there's a Notre Dame of Lyon because it just was Our Lady. So, you know, everyone hears Notre Dame and they think Paris, but like many French towns have a, 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 a church they call Notre Dame in their town, you know. Mm. And um, so my boss and I went, uh, like we stayed for a day longer than the meeting was because she had never been out of America before. And I had been to um, the area once before on a business trip, so I, so I could show you around a little bit. And we went to the church because it's gorgeous. It's stained glass. But this one, it's so focused on um, Mary that there are, and the downstairs has statues from churches around the world with um, different versions of Mary. So there's some like from Latin America and from Africa so that she looks different in every one because she looks culturally like where the statue came from. And my boss is a Methodist and doesn't know much about Catholicism. So at one point she said to me, why is there so much about Mary and so little bit about Jesus? Where's Jesus? And I was like, well, he's the baby. Like, he's in, he's in all these things. She goes, but, but why? <laughs> I was like, I don't know how to explain to you the religion that yours is based on. Yeah. You should just show her Talladega Nights. And when they get to the grace part, be like, see, these people just like to think of them as three pound or eight pound, three ounce baby Jesus. And that's the Jesus they like to pray to. You can think of uh, Jesus however you want to think of him. Yeah, I guess I like to think Christian. of him as as uh, like having a, like a tuxedo T shirt. Like you know he's serious, but he's also there to party. I like um, my Jesus is the Book of Revelation Jesus with a sword sticking out of his mouth. I like that one, sword yeah. mouth Jesus. Sword mouth Jesus. So, but it was nice. But the temp, but that church is beautiful, and all the art is beautiful. But it's just also humorous to me that she knows so little outside of her brand that she didn't understand why Mary was the focus of Notre Dame, Our Lady. Yeah. Yeah. I, I um, when I was dating my ex-girlfriend, her mother, I don't remember if she had been raised Catholic. I don't think she was raised. I think her husband was Catholic. I forget. But she knew a little more about Catholicism than your average Protestant. And she was like, I don't understand. She's like, the, the Bible literally tells you not to worship false idols and not to have golden. And she's like, you guys are obsessed with Mary. I'm like, I'm not a Catholic. But uh, she would be like, you guys are obsessed with Mary and uh, praying the saints. And, and there's, you know, there's literally like gold all over the fucking place. It's a little crazy. But I mean, I think the, um, the, the, the loophole there is. You know, when the, when the Hebrews built a gold knox, they thought it was a god when they finished building it. Yeah. You are not praying to statues because you think they're literal gods. It's just a focus point yeah. to look yeah. at while you're praying. It is weird that you pray to saints, or not you, but Catholics pray to saints to intercede with God. Because that part seems like it's really weird. But then again, you know, First Amendment is, I am thy Lord God, thou shalt put no other gods before me. It's not. It's it's basically I'm the king god because the Old Testament there were other gods. You know, yeah. Yahweh was just the chief god in the Israeli and Pat, 
um, pantheon. So. so I like to think of Yahweh as being like Marlon Brando, and Jesus is like Al Pacino, and these other saints, they're like uh, Clemenza and Tessio and and uh, and Al Neri, and I'm forgetting the rest of the guys. Uh, Mo Green. So. None of them are... Um... Ah, I forgot the Jewish guy's name. Damn Mo it. Green. No, the other Jewish guy. Oh, Hyman Roth. Hyman Roth. Yeah, none of them are... Listen, listen. Jesus worked with Hyman Roth Jesus, friends with Hyman Roth, but Jesus never trusted Hyman Roth. Yeah. And then I like to think that Jesus, obviously, Fredo is Judas. Judas. I know one. Yeah. Yeah. Fredo goes, mm-hmm. go, yeah. I knew it was you, Judas. You broke my heart. I'm smart. I'm a smart apostle. I'm not dumb like people say. I, that's my favorite. That's my favorite line to quote. Ah, I'm smart, not like people say, like dumb. Did I, I didn't do that for was you. Was it my plan? Yeah, you did it for some. No, but like somebody specifically asked me a year after I did all the blooper one minute videos to do Godfather Two, and then that's the that's the, the scene I chose. It was my it's my favorite Godfather Two. Yeah, you should do Godfather Three. Every time I'm, I think I'm out, they pull me back in. It's the only line I remember from that movie. Yeah. I just remember that when um, Coppola, was it Sofia Coppola? Yeah. Yeah, when she dies, I was like, good. In real life or in the movie? Either. Actually, in real life, she's a fabulous director. She's yeah. not a good actor. She shouldn't have been in the movie. She, no. she could have directed the movie. She could have been like second unit or first unit director. Fine. Because yeah. she's a brilliant director, but she's not a good actress. No. I'm not a good actress either. So the re- a big be, big part of the timing for this topic, big part of the timing for this topic. Christmas times are coming. Exactly, and as somebody, so so for you listening, this is the week after Thanksgiving. For us recording, uh, today is the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. So, uh, as somebody who worked retail for about ten years and was stuck for listening to fucking Christmas music from usually before black friday all the way till december 27th or 8th every year for for a decade there there was one thing in, that always drove me crazy and that was that because they won't play religious christmas music at verizon or home depot or any of the other places that i worked they were limited to basically like seven songs and then you'd be the, there'd be the random one, was it Four Non Blondes or whatever, that have that, oh, da, 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 you know, like that really weird one. But then for the most part, it was like, let's hear five different versions of Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells. And you're like, Ugh, okay, we get it, we get it. And so it was, it would drive me crazy. And like, I get it. People, and Jingle Bells is a Thanksgiving song. It's about going to grandma's house on thanksgiving and riding in a one-horse open sleigh up you know it's it, it was it originally was a thanksgiving song it just got blended in with christmas songs eventually yeah okay trivia for the that. day. that's cool yeah little trivia for the day but there's lots of good i would say that some of the maybe this is just a uh, bias from having to listen to the other shit for so long but there's a lot of christmas music that i prefer the religious stuff over the non-religious stuff i like 
Um, I mean, it, to some extent, I think Silent Night is is religious, and mm-hmm. oh, yeah. oh Holy, Holy Night, Night. Like, it, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, like the, these are, you know, that that um, I mentioned the Little Drummer Boy. I love the Little Drummer Boy. I know it's I love the Bing Crosby, David Bowie version of Little Drummer Boy. That's by far the best. For have you never heard that one? No, I thought you were joking. Oh, you, no, thought, you must visit. No. You must visit YouTube. And speaking of Talladega Nights, uh, John Riley and Will Ferrell did like a scene for scene recreation of it where they didn't change any words. They just did the two of them singing the song dressed the way that Bowie and um, Bing Crosby were. Yeah, it's a little, it was like on a Bing Crosby Christmas special you know, on TV. And it's Crosby's in this house, the doorbell rings. It's David Bowie's the neighbor and he's coming to drop something off or something or pick something up from the owner of the house that Bing was visiting. And they start playing around the piano and they sing um, little John Boy together, and it's like Bing Crosby, the king of and David Bowie, the best voice in the history of voices. It's an amazing. I mean, amazing. It's the only thing I like about Christmas is that <laughs> that song comes around. So when we're done recording, you need to go to YouTube and look it up, and then you I, need to watch the Will Ferrell version right afterwards. Yeah, and we'll share it in the uh, we'll share it in the show notes. Um, but yeah, so Christmas music personally is like a thing where i end up liking i like those two i I mentioned um mary did you know i don't know if you're familiar with that song at all it's not i don't think it got Mm, it ever got big big. it's uh you know it's i think it was actually a comedian that was like a musician also that wrote the song and it kind of got picked up it i think Hmm. it was big in like the country circuit in the 90s and it was grandma got run over by uh grandpa got run over by reindeer no no that that's but but uh but no yeah, but it goes Mary Mary did you know that your little boy uh would someday save the world or something like it's it it's the words aren't amazing but the <laughs> but it's just it melodically it's yeah. really good and the words aren't I mean, so you, you like can, the words aren't bad they're just so unless someone's going for a cash grab or some things that just came out of folk background and they were just you know fine you got to think that when people sat down to write a religious song, people who were religious, they are pouring their heart and their so-called soul yeah. into it. I mean, that's why so much of classical music that was done holiday season stuff is you know, done for the church is so forever classic because they were doing, like, like Michelangelo, yeah. right, doing their best work because they were doing it for their immortal soul. So it makes sense that good stuff would come out of it. Right, right. And that's what it's I, really the cheesy stuff that's shitty. It's like the good, the yeah. religious stuff is better than the stuff that's like, yeah, dad was beating mom like usual, and but Jesus was behind the couch holding my hand and doing nothing to stop it, and that's why God's good because He held my hand while I watched my mother be beaten. Is that a specific? There's a, there's a real, there's a country song that goes like that. Oh, okay. I was like, <laughs> I'm not familiar with this, but yeah, like where the kid is like, someone was behind the couch protecting me when mom was getting beaten up, and then like they're at ch- they're at church or they're somewhere where there's a picture of Jesus. You're, that's the guy. Yeah. He's the one who's holding. I was like, "Well, he didn't help you, did he? He held your hand. Why didn't he step in and save mom?" Yeah. I also, when it comes to Christmas music, I really, I really hate some of the stuff that gets like it tends to be like vaguely sexual, but also like um, caliente. Yeah. Hey, no stealing other podcasts, shit. Uh, he didn't write the word. Yeah, that tone though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, Sorry, uh, Cecil. But we, but uh, what was I saying? Oh, um, when it gets vaguely you like, sexual, you like porn with Santa Claus in it. No, no, no. I think that it gets real weird and and you know like 
not that it's super sexual, but like I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. I get, I don't know. It's weird to me. I'm not, I'm not like loving that one. Um, yeah, I, that's supposed to be sweet. It's supposed to be the yeah. realization that 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 mom's this pervy little um, this pervy little uh, peeping Tom is watching. Sex. Yeah. yeah, there's a little something for the patrons. Um, <laughs> anyway, but uh, no, but there's I, I that like one. There is uh, oh man, what's the other one? Um, Christmas shoes. You, I know you love that one. That one's not sexual though. It is if you look at it the right way. Though. Um, the one. There's another one I was thinking of, but uh, there's also the um, Santa baby. So I'm gonna tell you a fun story. This one, I, this will be. This, I don't think there's any reason why this can't go in the regular seven dollar level. No, no, this is going in the freebie version because uh, we need some good stories for the non-patrons too. Um, don't do that with your mouth. That's that's creeping me the fuck out. <laughs> if you had, if you had uh, done yeah, that on the intoxication episode, I'd have freaked the fuck out. <laughs> um, so the so when I was in when I was a must have been a sophomore I don't know I was in high school we did we would do a Christmas um, musical review every year um, instead of doing you know we, the big play would be in the spring you know the big musical would be in the spring you'd do like Sound of Music or whatever but it, at Christmas there was a musical review it would be you know different like um, scenes and songs and dances and stuff. And, and it was never that bad. It was never that good, but it was, um, there was one where the one guy who could, who in our class or who looked kind of old enough to play Santa Claus, or looked kind of good. He fit the Santa Claus mold. Um, he got cast as Santa Claus. His little sister is the one that they made sing Santa baby because she had a good singing voice and she had to do the most like Christian friendly version of a strip tease and yeah. like f- for him and like, like pulling out, you know, they got the long gloves and it was like Santa baby. And I was like, we were all creeped the fuck out. And their middle sister who was in our class, the sister between the two of them, uh, she's like, you guys are making it weird. It's not weird. And we are like, no, it's fucking weird that your sister is stripping for your brother. Hmm. And now that brother and sister have children of their own. No, I'm just joking. They might. You keep in touch. I, I I kept in touch with long for a long time, but no, they're just maybe from Alderaan. Just a weird fucking family. Yeah. He wasn't from Alderaan. Yeah, it's just a Family Guy reference. Oh, there's a Family Guy. Princess Leia goes. Alderaan's basically the Arkansas of space. (laughs) (laughs) Like you kissed your brother. Yeah, I know. It's like the, the old joke with the teenage girl goes to her father and says, Dad, what's vice? And he's like, oh, my God. And he sits down and explains prostitution, explains drugs. And then and finally, after like red face 20 minutes later, he's like, why do you ask? He goes, because I just made vice captain of the cheer team. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I, I like that Christmas song. Well, it's all it's a year-long song. It's the the um, the holiday song that's about going out to buy cranberry sauce or some shit. And uh so girl goes out to buy like last minute to like a bodega to buy something and she runs into a guy and he's cute. And, like every holiday she kind of crosses paths with paths with him. And then like the next year's Christmas, they're there to buy cranberry sauce again. And they run into each other and they become a couple. Oh, I have it's not a, heard this it's, one. It's, it's, a cute, it's not very religious, but it's a cute little Christmas song. Yeah. So my, you know, my dad's a bluegrasser. Yep. And if one of his friends, um, one of his well, former friend of his, because she'd been dead for 10 years, 20, 25 years, more than 20 years. Um, but, this woman, Lil, used to sing a 
tip, it's a classic folk song called Christmas Times Are Coming. I don't know if you've ever heard a version of it. It's Christmas Time's Coming, Christmas Time's Coming, Christmas Time's Coming, and now I'm going home. You can hear them bells ringing, ringing, joy to all, hear them ringing. So that's the song, right? And um, every, a friend of ours always had a New Year's Eve party, and at midnight, they'd stop everything and play that, and Lil would sing that song so she can always know that she did the first Christmas carol for the new year. <laughs> did a mid, mid, uh, midnight on January 1st. Nice. So this is bad of me, but when you started saying that you're, she was his former friend and then you said that she's, she's dead, dead, I was like, oh, I thought that they had fallen out. Oh, thank God. <laughs> God she's dead. I did. That's I genuinely was like invested. Moment of relief. Like, what, what had happened with them? And oh, then, I'm so oh, happy they're dead. dead. Okay, good. Most of his friends were older than him, so most of them were dead. Yeah. It's a handful still. It's always a surprise. Hey, when you get to, your dad's what, 80 something? Yeah, 86 as of four days ago. Okay, when you get to 86, most of the people your age are dead. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's just a fact. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of his music friends were a couple of years older and whatever. It's funny, actually, on his, you know, on Facebook, um, a guy who used to play music with him was just a couple of years older than me, posted like a happy birthday to him and said, and mom and dad say happy birthday too. And I was like, his parents are still alive? And my dad's like, yeah, they're in their mid-90s, but but they are. Yeah, they are. Nice. Because I knew they were older than my dad, so I just assumed. They were... Cool. All right. So uh, what are, what's, your, what's your favorite Hanukkah songs? Uh, they're um, by an artist. That I, I'm wondering if you've heard of him. His name is... Uh, Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like Dreidel, Dreidel, Dreidel. I just don't, I don't know. Is that If Dreidel, Dreidel, Dreidel is probably not religious, though, either. Not not particularly. It's a little kids thing about the yeah. rules of the game. So yeah. I don't know. That, is there any religious Hanukkah songs that are definitely? Uh, yeah. So the the one classic one is um, in English is Oh Hanukkah, Oh Hanukkah. Oh Hanukkah. And it, man, I don't know. I don't know the Hebrew because I don't speak Hebrew, but like it, it it's in Hebrew and English. And it's Oh Hanukkah, Oh Hanukkah, come light the menorah. We'll all have a party and all dance before it, which is a bad English translation to make it rhyme. But sure. Yeah. But so it's, so it's a rip sure. off of. Oh, Christmas tree. Oh, Christmas tree. Oh, Tannenbaum's a Jewish name. Come on. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but uh, but uh, if you remember the good old Peter, Paul, and Mary from the 60s. I've puffed the magic um, dragon before. Yeah. Um, Peter Yarrow, Peter, Paul, and Mary wrote a song called Light One Candle. That is, um, it's like everything else they did. It's kind of an anti-war peace song. But it's but it's more it's it's the closest to a religious song that I know. Right? It's a, you know, light one candle, meaning the Hanukkah candles, and light one candle for the Maccabee children to show their flame did not die. Light one candle for the Maccabee children. And it goes to like it's important to know when peacemakers' time is at hand and it's time for peace and it gets better. Blah 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 blah. blah. Um, and it's a really it's a good one. It's 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 one of the prettier uh, holiday songs. Nice. But wait, but before when you were talking about your mother. Um, Whatever that's, that's the other song, whatever it was, and I said, uh, "Grandpa got run over by a reindeer." You do know that one. You grew up on that, right? Yeah, but it's not yeah, religious. It's, well, I mean, it's got a miracle in it, the flying reindeer. Isn't that Jesus? It's superstitious. Reindeer? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I have trouble keeping track which parts are religious and which parts aren't. I I don't think. That the I mean, flying reindeer... which part is he knows if you're good or bad, and you he can see everywhere. And he keeps lists of you. And if you're bad, you get punished. And if you're good, you get rewarded. Is that not the religious part? It's a. I think it's a metaphor, metaphor for religion, I suppose. But as I never understood, it's, it's removed enough that I like. I, I it's weird that you know you have the story of Santa 
and he's um, worried about, you know, you give me a few good or bad and your rewards you or he punishes you. And then at some point people say, you know what, that's not true. But let me tell you about Jesus. See, Jesus is keeping track if you're good or bad. And then when you die, he either rewards you or he punishes you. And nobody goes, wait, wait, is there a connection there? He doesn't punish you. You punish yourself. I do have a thought, and then I'm scared. Um, yeah, it was well perspective. Thank you for that. You're welcome. So, um, um, I did have. I, don't know. I like that 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 religious song about um, punk kids beating up um, Santa Claus. The Father Christmas, give us your money. That one. You don't know that. Mm. How do you not know that? I don't know. It doesn't have to all be Christmas stuff either. I mean, Christmas tends to be the one spot where I think some of the religious artist artistry is the best. But uh, one song that I want to talk about, and you get a minute. I have to text you that it's a Kinks. How do you not know the Kinks? I know the Kinks. They're the one that did Lola, right? They they did do Lola, which they were hard. I know them, and I know, I know that song, and I know the Weird Al version, Yoda. Y-O-D-A, Yoda. There's some more stuff you have to listen to. Later. I'll have to include it all in the show notes. Um, One song that I think that you're probably going to say isn't super religious, and it probably isn't, but I think it's kind of a juxtaposition between faith and other parts of life, is uh, Alleluia by... Um, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's about sex, but it's about faith, isn't it? About like the ju- you know, the the crossover between like se- sexual, you know, freedom and and love and pleasure and faith and all that. Like, isn't it like all these things coming together, making it, it almost a spiritual experience? Like, there is some. Yeah, not, it's uh, not. Yeah. It's not like one religion, but it's vaguely religious. I'm counting it because it's yeah. one of my favorite songs. It, yeah, it's a good song, but it's funny because I always think of all the um, all the all the ironic uses of it, like in Watchmen. You know, there's all these different things where people are being tortured and people are being beaten, and they play that in the background mm-hmm. so often. But... Shrek, I think, had one of it. One of the Shrek movies had yeah had a yeah. It is one of those songs that's got some. So let, let's look at these these religious lines. Um, Your faith was strong, but you needed proof. You saw her bathing on the roof, and that's King David watching his friend's wife bathe on the roof. That's religious. Her beauty in the moonlight overthrew her. She tied you to a kitchen chair, broke your throne, and cut your hair. And from your lips, you drew the hallelujah. That's Samson so, and Delilah. Yeah, so it's a, yeah. So it's a, it's um yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, I know my kind of, Bible shit. Sometimes. Maybe there's a God above. Something, something, something. Hallelujah. Delightful. It's a great song. I mean, it's a good song. It is. And, and I know it's not strictly religious, but it like feels like it, it, it's it's a reach, but whatever. How about uh, religious uh, movies? Are you know I I I liked this is gonna be like Dune. Dune. Yeah, I haven't seen Dune yet. I need to. I, I bought it, but I haven't seen it. it. Came in like a big... Uh, I got it. There was... On Halloween, there was 25 movies for $30. Oh, 
and it was like a one night only thing on Apple. Um, hmm. And June was more than twenty five. Okay, I'm back. Give it to me, Bernie. What about Pretty Fly for a Rabbi? Oh yeah, that's right. Just... Give it to me, Barney. Wait, 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 wait. And all the goyims say, pretty fly for a rabbi. Yeah. I, I like um, Bernie Sanders' uh, version of Batman. He recorded it in the 80s. It was really nice. Yeah. I like uh, the recording that he had this week where he... <laughs> You're a senator. <laughs> You're a fucking senator. Sit your ass down. That guy, though, that senator who was doing it, he's like a former cage fighter. Like, he would have... <laughs> that would have been an interesting fight, a cage what? fighter versus a teamster. Yeah, that would have been SmackDown. I would have been, I would have been interested in watching that. Yeah, I like his defense too. Like, first I'm from Oklahoma, that's how we do things, and it wasn't unusual, like in the 1700s, for people to be violent. Yeah, I think that your originalism was going a little too far. I saw a video today. Um, I I follow a guy on Instagram. He stitches misogyny shit and like debunks it he's he's a you'd like him um i'll send you his stuff i can't remember his name it's like professor neil or something but he um he was stitching a video of a guy talking about how it's so um you know it's taboo right now for a 40 year old to have sex with a 15 year old but hundreds of years ago wasn't a big deal and that's just because society's made it a big deal sure i mean I mean, they were correct too. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, <laughs> like, yeah, and that's what true. that's what the guy debunking said. Kind of was like, was like, yeah, that's because we were wrong then. He goes like, fifty years ago, it wouldn't it would have been not a big deal for me to come on here and say a bunch of shit about gay people? So, like, yeah, it would. We could go back and like society could make yeah. that you know cool older again. is not does not mean more moral, right? Right. But that's the same thing with um. What was the shit? The, the Alabama was it Roy Hunt or one of the Alabama politicians who got they, they say they all back when came out there when like when he was in his thirties, a lawyer in his thirties and forties. Oh yeah, he would go to the mall Roy and his teenage chicks. And Roy Moore, and it's like, but that's like not a weird thing for that time for the seventies, you know, nineteen seventies in the South. Yeah, that's creepy as hell. But they were creepy as hell. Like he wasn't the only thirty year old doing that. Like. That was normal. Harp, and like he used to say, Harp, their parents always knew because they were creepy as hell. Like, yeah. It doesn't make it better. It just makes it you were one of the many creepy people. Yeah. Okay. So back to uh, speaking of religion. That is, stuff. That's my religion. We <laughs> uh, worship at that temple, baby. No, I was going to say that all that shit is, you know, justifiable by religion. So, um, so. Um, obviously, you know, you and I come at, at religion differently just from, you know, you really never being raised religiously and me being raised religiously. So maybe some of my, I wonder how much of my enjoyment of religious artwork is a factor in like, you know, not being fully deprogrammed. Um, I I the only example that I can think of where I think like if I were to rewatch it I would ha like if I liked it still I would probably be like oh that's that is it is Passion of the Christ I haven't seen that since it came out um actually I watched it at least three times the year that it came out but I don't think I've seen it since then um but like 
I w- and I wasn't I wouldn't have called myself Catholic at that point, but I was certainly still religious, and I thought that it was good art at that point in time. Now, like I said, it, it that movie's what 20? I'm not into torture porn, so I never saw it. No, it, it's 18 or 19 years old, so I haven't seen it in a very long time. Um, it's got to be longer than that. It was. I was in college when it came out, and I graduated high school in 2003. Really? I'm, I'm thinking it was like early. I think it was Easter of 2004. So I think it's about to turn 20. Passion of the Christ. 2004. Very good. You're right. Yeah. Well, I I was not in college very long that first. Yeah, time. I guess because I was. A <laughs> yeah, I was at Glaxo. It was. It, so one of my favorite stories with Passion of the Christ. So that was at GSK at the time. And we had a drug called Wellbutrin, which antidepressant. Yeah, I've taken it. And we were advertising it at... Um, I was on it at that point in time, actually. Yeah, we, we were advertising it at um, NASCAR. So um, Bobby Labonte, car number 18, was like we were one of the sponsors of the car. And we'd go through different drugs, um, having like the logos on the car. And... The main reason was because you get to do a press release at the same time of it and say, oh, we're supporting this. So it's really for the PR more than it's for seeing the logo on the car. You know, it was it was for everything else that goes along with it. Yeah. But at one point we had a there was a picture that went in, in a paper in, a, in a, like the Charlotte Observer or something like that. And we had <clears throat> a screenshot of it from um, the Web page. And it was a picture of our car. And there's a huge Passion of the Christ logo on the hood. But underneath it says, well, be <laughs> that seems to go together well. Let's torture our Lord and Savior to death, and then you know maybe we need antidepressant. Maybe we need to level out a little bit after that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess uh, I I don't think that. Like, I mean, I've been out of I've been out of Catholicism basically my entire life, my entire adult life. Um, Same. I've been out of Catholicism my entire life as well. Yeah, no, my entire adult life. So, like, I I think that most of the deprogram, like the the weird hangups that you get, are now more like generically Christian in a lot of ways. That I still have, you know, Sarah always if I go with um, if I go with my family to like a christening or something, my Sarah's always amazed at how quickly I'm just like. Our father who aren't you know like just into the rote memorization of it all but um and then they do the they switch the thing around so it's no longer peace it's no longer and also with you it's something else uh so that to trick all of us who don't come every every year to to, to basically expose gotcha. ourselves yeah jesus changed his mind he changed the rules yeah yeah and you, can of... eat, and you can eat beef on friday Next stuff out there's definitely a guy in in uh, hell doing a rap, doing a, a e on a on a jerky rap. It was just a jerky. I you know there was one time, about? yeah. So that's another George Carlin thing. Yeah. And uh, there was a time when um, I was uh, my fraternity in Brooklyn. We went out and got like uh, dozens of eggs, and we egged the hell out of the fraternity house across the street. And uh, it was right like during spring break. Like most people weren't around anymore, so we it's just like three of us who did it. And then we it was like late at night, it was on Thursday night, and then we went out. So we egged this thing, and we were drinking, and we went out to Dunkin' Donuts, and because um, we wanted to feel like we were connected to you. And they had just started selling the uh, their croissant sandwiches, I think, back then. 
and or maybe they were bagel sandwich, maybe bagel sandwich, but the sandwiches. And so I got a ham sandwich and the two of them got roast beef. And we're eating it. And one of the guys goes, hey, look at that. The Jew is eating a ham. What kind of Jew are you eating a ham? And I was like, dude, it's um, 12.45 a.m. on a Friday in Lent and you're eating roast beef. And he looked at it and goes, shit. Yep. It's like, yeah, we're all going to hell. I went from, to Catholic school from 5th to 12th. And so, like, on Fridays, there was no meat served. You could get fish or you could get vegetables. That's why McDonald's has the fish fillet sandwich. Uh, yeah, but I mean at the cafeteria. But I yeah. would still, even given that, I would always forget. And I'd go home, I'd be like on my way home and I'd grab like a Slim Jim, you know, I'd walk home from school. Snap into a Slim Jim. Yeah. Snap into a Slim Jim. Macho Man Randy Savage. He's back on the advertisements again. We saw it in the grocery store the other day. It's like all retro and shit. Nice. Have you seen the clip of him on Arsenio? Mm, I've not ringed the bell off the top of my head. Oh, he's talking about Macho Man cries. It's not doesn't make oh, yeah, Macho yeah, yeah. Man I, not. I haven't man. seen it in years, but it's yeah, I so it. it's like oh, dude, like thirty years. Well, all men should cry. Yeah. <laughs> when something's emotional, you cry, and they, and it's like, dude, like you do not expect. There's a there's a Cat Williams line about how he learned something from uh, Flavor Flav, and he said, "You don't expect to learn something from a guy with Viking horns and a clock around his neck that's always wrong." And he goes, <laughs> "But." But anyway, but I learned something from him. And I feel like Macho Man with his, like, all his, you know, gear and him just being like, yeah, Macho Man cry. And I was Ooh, like, yeah. Yep. So. Sound like the Incredible Hulk. Macho Man cry. Well, he talked about it in that third person yeah. weird way in that interview. Yeah, he was but, in character 100%. Yeah. Yeah. A friend of mine, uh, he used to work security in the airport here in Raleigh. And, she says one time she heard, excuse me, and she, went, <gasps> and she turned and sure enough, it's Macho Man. And um, he was here to do promotion for Slim Jim, like as the company was in North Carolina that made them. And I was like, she told me the story and I said, you know, it's great. One of my current coworkers worked in PR for the, that company then. And she was his handler. Like she spent the week with him. <laughs> like, so nice. two people I know met Macho Man the same week. <laughs> nice. Um, Sarah was at an airport. This is while Trump was president. She was at Logan Airport in Boston, and this this guy is walking by, and he's got a bunch of security details, and, and he's in the terminal with a bunch of security details. Sarah goes to like the t- ticket agent or whatever. She's like, "Who's that guy?" And the, uh, the ticket agent goes. It's Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, the vice president? And, she, and he goes, yeah. So. This was obviously before he was president. Well, I mean, he was never actually elected president. All right. Uh, it's serious. We're going to court that that audience now. Trump, is, Trump, is, <laughs> Trump is still president. He does everything through Biden. Yeah. So my other favorite religious art, I'm going to go with some other uh, visual art. Um, Mark Chagall. You know a lot of Chagall art, don't you? Chagall had a lot of um, Old Testament, because he's Jewish, but Old Testament-inspired artwork. Like there was one that's like the angel coming down to stop Abraham from sacrificing Isaac and stuff. And his stuff was just, it's 
primitive looking, but just raw emotion. Like you could feel ang his anguish and pain um, in every uh, picture he does. Mm -hmm. Some of his religious stuff, it's, it's not beautiful, but it's emotionally powerful. Yeah. I love The Last Supper. Um, What'd you have? You know. Yeah, I, I, I actually... Matzah. If actually, if I'm, I'm looking, I just pulled it up. I'm looking at it right now, and I got to be honest, it's 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 good, it's fine. But can I everybody like get on I the like same the side of the table so I can get a picture. I like the parodies. <laughs> I think I like the jokes about it more. And some of these retouched ones look fucking weird as shit. So I uh, so I um I have a copy of the Last Supper up in my closet. Did I tell you about that? No. Yeah, I do. So. Years ago, um, my comedy group, a couple of us did the complete Bible abridged um, by the Reduce Shakespeare Company. And um, and one of the gags in it is we had um, a friend of mine who was an artist, co-worker of mine, come out and project onto like a super large canvas, uh, The Last Supper, and like kind of like project it and trace it with pencil and then go back and paint it. So we have painting of The Last Supper, missing Jesus, and with all the apostles' faces cut out. And then like their names are written on it. So the gag is uh, one of the guys plays Jesus and he sits down next to the painting and he's talking to the different apostles and the other two people, it's a three person show are running around backstage, you know, back behind the canvas, sticking our faces in the holes. And, and then it's a, uh, you know, it's like Simon, blah, blah, blah. And he sticks his face up. Simon, why are you talking like Thomas? I'm like, oh, crap, you know, and go back and go in, in the other hole and stuff. And I have that big giant canvas upstairs in my, my bedroom closet rolled up. And I think next time we're at my, my, triangle free thought is tabling at an event like pride or something or i want to hang it up and have like a science like take a picture as an apostle where let people come and put their faces through we'll take a picture with their phone all right uh and with that do what we'll bid you adieu no so if you're watching this on youtube please be sure to subscribe to our channel if you haven't already like this video it really helps us a lot ring the notification bell so you'll get little pop-ups enable notifications on your phone you don't want to miss any of these things you don't want to miss the episode where i randomly look like i was drinking from a water goblet like non-stop it's really funny and nobody's mentioned it yet when did you randomly look like you were drinking from a water i don't have to go back and look there's one where i'm, I'm sitting next to uh platter of plastic water goblets that were propped for a play so one time while we were talking i would pretend to sip put it to my right grab another one pretend to sip you didn't notice i was doing it, <laughs> just did it through the entire pot and then i went back the other way it was like glasses were just passing backwards and forwards in front of me and no not only not only did i not you not edited only, it and you i edited it. it but i don't really watch i listen more than i watch when i'm editing <laughs> just especially like now one that glass and another glass and another glass you and your 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 shenanigans. I love the shenanigans. All right. So yeah, if you do that, please. If you're on uh, YouTube, if you're, if and you're if listening, you, if you're listening on any uh, any other uh, audio thing and some other podcast thing, make sure to like it in whatever podcast you're doing it. If you're in a podcast program that lets you rate it, please give us the highest rating po possible and say something funny in your rating. We're funny people. We would appreciate it. Uh, you know what? A, no matter what podcast program you use, go on to iTunes. Find us on iTunes and give us a five-star review there and rate it there. Even if you don't use iTunes, it's not a sin. Go ahead and do it. Give us a good rating. How's it going to hurt you? Tell a couple of friends to watch it. Tell them you think we're weird and you don't agree with anything we said, but they should watch. They should listen. Make their lives as good as yours is by bringing us into it. Yep. And lastly, if you would like to support us in a financial way, 
you can go on patreon.com backslash talking about the big stuff. We have a $3 and a $10 option. We are putting out stuff for both. Um, there's like little special bits and pieces Mike puts out, I'm happily married. Yeah, I'm happily married as well. I, I just you put out. Put out. Um, but anyway, so there is stuff on there for you if you want to get on the $10 or the $3. If you're on Apple and you only want to do the $3 option, Apple now allows you to subscribe for $3. They don't let you do tiers, so we're only doing the $3 option for that one. But if you um, shed a tier, that's okay. Yes. Anyway, Matthew, you get you get. I want to thank everybody for taking the time to listen to us talk about the big stuff. Hopefully, it was a religious experience. Great. <laughs>